Clark with Epic Site Solutions. Epic Site Solutions. What is it you guys do out there in the Permian basis in Texas? So I'm essentially a sales consultant. I represent two equipment companies. Um, I come from the equipment industry, so wanted to get back into rentals and sales, and then we provide maintenance and repair work as well. But, uh, you know, between the two companies that I work for, I can basically get my hands on anything from a light tower to a crane, heavy dirt equipment, you know, general equipment, um, kind of your one-stop shop for your equipment needs in the Permian. Are you like at a 1099? I mean, you're a sole proprietor, small business. Are you guys a company? I mean, you, you mentioned, you you know, for a couple companies. So a lot of times, you know, there's a, you know, independent contractor will hang his hat on three or four different companies, that sort of thing. Is that the kind of an arrangement I'm, I'm hearing? It is, yes, sir. So uh, technically we're an LLC. Um, it's just me with Epic. I'm a one-man band right now. Hoping to grow in and, and bring in a few more salespeople down the road. But, um, but yeah, so, yeah, we're 1099 basically for the companies we work for. And I opened up a company essentially so I could uh, operate under a company and be able to get all the insurance I needed and be able to uh, have some of the tax breaks that comes with it. No, that makes sense. I mean, you know, there's um, there's companies out there that are just 8 to 10 small businesses together working as a group on a bigger project. That's That's been a new business model over the last 10 years. I've seen grow nicely. Um, but right now, right. you um, it's really important to be nimble right now in today's economy. And so um, speaking of which, Permian Basin, of course, that's a lot of activity down in the Permian Basin when it comes to the percentage of daily rig counts in Shale Play USA. Uh, we've had a little bit of a spike, a little bit of a down, a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a evening out thing. So let's get a boots on the ground report here from Derek. What's going on down there in the Permian this week? So um, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I know it's, it's not where any of us wanted to be right this minute, but um, at least from my standpoint on the equipment side, I've been speaking with several contractors, uh, primarily on the pipeline and facility side that are putting bids in, they're requesting quotes for me on different types of machinery. Um, so from what I'm really hearing right now, it's not a whole lot of boots in the dirt. I mean, there is some, but um, I think in the next month, month and a half, we're going to see a lot of these projects kind of actually kicking off and having more people busy. And obviously it all starts from the operators down. So I think they're ready to, uh, you know, hopefully spend a little money and invest in the, uh, and everything they have going on, and it all trickles down to the rest of us. You mentioned you do cranes, is that right? We do, yes, sir. One of the companies that I deal with, they operate, or excuse me, they rent cranes, yes, sir. Boy, I tell you, are they going anywhere? That's um, that's always a good sign of economic development. Go look for the crane. I have, actually, this morning I spoke to... Uh, two separate companies that I've been working with um, in the past on their rentals, and both of them are requesting quotes, a couple tank batteries, SWD sets, um, things like that. So actually, yeah, this morning alone, I've, I've spoken to two separate contractors, and um, it's only 10 a.m., so hopefully that trend continues for the day. Well, that's I was always told, you know, when it comes to the basics, you know, go get your burger, you know, flipping burgers job, go get your convenience store job, this and that. And when it comes to, like, uh, like a, like a labor type job, one of those kind of, 
I don't know if you call them wives tales or urban legends or barroom highball talk or whatever, but is look for the crane. There's usually somebody hiring underneath that crane because that represents a lot of jobs underneath there because, you know, you, you need a crane. <laughs> so. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, it's one of the first and foremost that you have to have. And, um, so, no, I, I haven't quite heard that, but you know what? When you say it, it makes perfect sense, and I would definitely agree with you on that. Well, yeah, because usually the thing that needs a crane needs some sort of manufacturing behind it. And then, of course, in a lot of cases, it's it's meant for buildings and downtowns and, you know, in, in, in urban life terms you know, when you're building a, a skyscraper, boy, that's there's all kinds of work you can do there from putting in a food truck to sweeping up uh, empty nails and et cetera. So uh, anyway, just in, in today's day and age where so many people are looking for work compared to last year, just thought I'd point that out there. Look for the crane. You'll find some work maybe. But uh, okay, let's go to the next thing. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the Permian Basin Pipeline Association of Wait, Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners. Boy, I got a little dyslexic there halfway through. So Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners. You just celebrated a one-year anniversary. Congratulations. Talk to me about the uh, Association of Pipeliners. Yeah, man, well, I appreciate that. And um, so, yes, essentially we're a, um, a nonprofit organization, and our, our whole premise is to raise scholarship funds for students pursuing STEM educations and trade schools and, uh, you know, kind of help grooming that next uh, generation of oil fields. Um, so that's essentially what we do. But, uh, man, it's a great networking opportunity. I've, I've got a lot of great friends involved in it. Um, for 2021, I'm actually the membership chair. So if anybody was interested in getting any information or wanting to, uh, you know, come check out one of our events, they could always reach out to me directly and, I could fill them in on everything, but, um, yeah, it's a lot of like-minded people. Um, we do have a lot of pipeline contractors, a lot of, uh, facility contractors, and then we've got a lot of, uh, different organizations involved that work with the pipeline and facility side. So it's really unique. Um, I've been involved with it for a little over a year now and, uh, don't plan on leaving anytime soon. So I definitely think it's an organization worth checking out down here. Are you hearing much on the Keystone XL, the federal lands, some of the executive orders when it comes to new President Biden with the pipeliners? You know, a lot of people are um, upset about it. You know, that obviously that was a, um, a great project that this country could use for several different reasons. Um, took away a lot of high-paying jobs for a lot of people and already our fragile economy that we're all dealing with now. And it's kind of a low blow to oil and gas. Um, so I think really it's, it's more pissed off than anything. Um, a lot of people in this industry that I've dealt with and that I deal with and work with or, you know, become friends over the years. And oil field is a very prideful industry. Um, it's not easy work. There's a lot of late nights, early mornings, middle of the night phone calls. Um, you know, men and women are out here for two, three weeks at a time. They miss a lot of their personal families back home, their times, birthdays, holidays. So I just feel like a lot of people don't feel that the new president has our best interest in mind um, as far as an industry as a whole. So I think it's more than that. I just think more people are 
not scared, but kind of nervous for what we may deal with over the next you know four years of his administration. So, you know, I think um, I, this is organic right now. It's the first time I've ever articulated these words into the sentence. So bear with me here. But President Biden had a real opportunity to step in and become a friend to the oil and gas industry by just. Honestly, if he just would have focused on the word transition, I think that probably would have, you know, ticked off some, but not nearly like putting out some federal bans and and executive orders and costing 70,000, 100,000 people jobs, depending on what you want. I mean, he really decided not to put an olive branch of any kind to the oil and gas industry. It was more of a middle finger than anything. That that surprised me. That really surprised me. Anyway, I, your thoughts on that? <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, you know, like you said, he had an opportunity to step in and kind of, uh, you know, step. I guess you know, start our relationship with him as an industry on the right foot, and he took it a completely different way. And he's been very busy the first week, week and a half. He's been in office, and uh, unfortunately, I don't see it slowing down. And at least from, you know, the federally owned lands and, uh, you know, drilling and the permits. He's already put a stop to, to a lot of things that are just obviously going to have a direct effect on our, our industry as a whole. But, no, I mean, I think you said it perfect. He pretty much threw up a, a big middle finger to our industry and said basically we have to deal with it. And, you know, this is where we're at now. And makes no sense, you know. Obviously, it's not like oil and gas can just – disappear it's a uh, it's a necessity in our society i mean if you look what what products are petroleum based alone uh, it's hard to find some that are not you know i mean everything is some way shape or form centered around it so i don't know there uh, it's gonna be a lot of green energy pushing and uh ironically i don't think they're near as strict environmentally on on some of those projects as they are the oil field in general you know uh, what's really scary What's really sorry to interrupt, but what's really scary no, to me is the, the 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 fact of the matter is that what you said is is correct. I mean, I think it's ninety three or ninety six percent of what we use on a daily basis has some petroleum product in it or is reliant on it in some way. Very few things are not reliant on it through transportation, through some sort of sealant through some sort of plastic bag, whatever the case might be, so much of our society is, is reliant on that. Okay, be that as it may. So there's other means to get plastics. I understand that. There's other means to drive cars. I understand that. Because over half of a barrel of oil is basically diesel and gasoline. So you know, then, then you go to your percentages after that. But in order to get those vehicles, you need quite a bit of petroleum products. In order to power those vehicles, you need quite a bit of petroleum products, even though they're electric. So that that, that part is going to actually iron itself out in the marketplace. And when people start paying five to six to seven times for their heat, and they start realizing that this whole electric car thing is costing much more than they ever thought, they're going to they're, they're gonna get upset, but that's going to be a five-year kick the can down the line. What worries me is this crash course and this religion of environmentalism, this cult of environmentalism that is taking away the liberties and freedoms of so many people 
uh, on their daily life in the name of public health and safety and et cetera. That's the part that really worries me because it's, it's, all, it's being done on such a crash course. Nobody has time to say, whoa, 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 can we just take a look at the science? It's like we don't have time for science. we got to act now. Sorry, man. I just got up on a big soapbox there. You got me going this morning. I've had four cups of coffee. <laughs> so Hey, no, I love it, man. I can hear your passion and your voice. I mean, that's obviously why you do this. You care deeply for the industry. And uh, I've been in it for five years, and I'm the same way now. You know, I didn't know anything about oil field. And I moved here from Houston in 2015, and I live in the Permian full time. And, uh, yeah, man, it gets in your blood pretty quick. So I love it. Get fired up because you're right. We've got a whole lot going on. I mean, like you said, just the way 2020 unfolded, um, the millions of people that were put into, you know, financial problems, small businesses, large businesses, um, the oil and gas wars, and then obviously when you get to the health and the pandemic, um, I think you're right. A lot of things weren't science based. They were kind of gut calls that shouldn't have been made, and um, yeah, like you said, it, it it happened rather quickly. I think a lot of people are concerned uh, well, here's, and very eye-opening how powerful the government is and what they can do. And here's a great example of the media not holding the government accountable and vice versa, this sort of thing, where uh, just this morning I saw President Biden announced that he was going to eliminate uh, gas-powered cars and, and all the government cars are going to be electric-fueled or electric-powered, electric-powered cars. And the first, I don't know, 95% of the story is all about how he's going to do this and going to do that and going to do this and going to, going to, going to, speculate, speculate. And like the last sentence, the last sentence, there was no more than 15 words in this sentence or paragraph that said he had no plan, that they they don't know when the timeline is going to do, they don't know how they're going to do it, but he said he's going to do it. So how is the media says, I'm going to do 99% of a positive story about a planet of platitudes and some good old, you know, feel good stuff. When the story, if you're a true media person, if you're being sterile is president wants to eliminate uh, uh, gas powered cars, has no plan. The, the, the story is that he has no plan, that he's just coming out with, 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 feel-good, heartfelt platitudes. It's just amazed me where the media these days just cannot seem to hold these people accountable to say, you know, the story is really, they don't have a plan. That's really the story. And so I don't know. I don't know what your thought is on that. but No, you're 100%. I, uh, I think this election has shown the bias in the media and uh, how powerful social media is and how it can be swayed one way or another by these conglomerate companies, these mega rock star companies that own most of our social medias that we all are guilty of interacting on every day. Um, so yeah, the bias in the media, I mean, it, I hate to say it. I think most people now are, it's very eye opening to see how many people don't really trust the media and speculate that most of the news that we do get is, uh, has a hidden agenda behind it. And you're right. They're not, holding very many people accountable and uh so no i mean i think you hit the nail on the head i wish i had more to support what you were saying i mean i just i agree with it 100 percent. well i was just gonna say and you're you're one of the reasons why 
we're able to do what we're doing because we thank you for coming on here because what you're offering is actually expert advice, expert opinions, because we're asking you about boots on the ground. What's your observation down in the Permian? Because that's where you're at. I don't have some representative out of Houston telling me what's going on in, in the Permian. I have somebody from Houston telling me what's going on in Houston. But that's the difference between like the crude life and say all the national news. The national news, what they do is they say, oh, we're going to talk about oil and gas. So we're going to bring on Jimbo Jones from the right and Sally Ann Sloppernagger from the left. And these people, they just, they, they go to their talking points and that's it. And they don't have like any sort of context. So that's why we love it when guys like you can come on because you, you offer context. That's why people listen to this program is because the people talk about things that they know about. I mean, when you're offering your opinion, you're offering your opinion about things that affect you on a day-to-day basis. I mean, for crying out loud, you're the marketing director for, for the Pipeline Association down there for the, excuse me, I got to get the right name, the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners. There's a, there's a few of them, so I don't want to piss anybody off. So, um, <laughs> But you, you understand what I mean, to where we're staying within the, the wheelhouse of what you know. I'm not asking you anything about frac uh, uh, chemistry or anything like that. No, it, we, you, t- you know about cranes? All right, we'll talk about cranes a little bit, you know. <laughs> so, but anyway, well, uh, I, I wanted I to ask you. I because I'm no, I'm no chemistry major, but. By any means, so I'm glad we're staring clear of those conversations. Yeah, but you understand what I mean, to where there's so many experts oh, yeah. out there that you know that nobody's ever heard of, but they're experts because they do this stuff on a day-to-day basis, and the crude life is all about those people. We love those people. I mean, you know, we don't mind getting the rock stars on from time to time, but hey, man, our people are the people living it, living the crude life day-to-day, and that's why we wanted to bring you on here for the main event right now, the cook-off and weld off. Is that still happening? It is, yes, sir. Yeah. So that's um, a standard question you gotta ask these days. <laughs> it is, unfortunately. And, and you know, we had to uh you know get creative with our venue for it. because um, we don't I mean we plan on continuing our uh, events. One thing we do every year, you know, golf tournaments, clay shoots, uh, the cook off and weld off's another one, uh team roping events, you know, we're always trying to find ways to uh just get people out of the office a little bit, you know, let them enjoy some other things and then obviously raise some funds. But, but anyway, yeah, um, I'm pulling up my information on that now. So, well, that's okay. If you, if you need me to stall, I can, because it's Saturday, March 13th at the Ector County Coliseum. Is it Ector or Ector? Ector. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Ector. Um, but yeah, so we, we've got that still going on. Um, we just announced it last week, actually, and, and we seem to be getting a lot of hits. A lot of uh, people are interested in setting up teams, uh, obviously interested in doing the weld-off. And One thing I know about welders and one thing I know about cook-off teams is they all like to brag about who's the best. So I think it's going to be a fun event that day. We're going to have a lot of people out there uh, open to the public. I mean, anybody wants any information, uh, you know, they can reach out to me directly. Or Shelby Flats, our event coordinator, she's a rock star at it, so... Um, but yeah, no, we still got it going on. That's going to be our um, our quarterly event for uh, the first quarter of this year. Well, as a seven-time MC of the Bach and Barbecue, I can tell you that uh, the welders they always come prepared with something unusual because they all they need is a half a day in the shop. That's it. 
and, and they're, they're coming up with something that's very odd and it's just great every time it's just fantastic so we'll have to see what you guys can come up with uh that's saturday march 13th now are you guys still looking for sponsors i'm looking at your uh uh, at your flyer right now, there's cooking teams available, weld-off contestants. It looks like drink sponsors. And are, are you looking for all these different things? We still are, yes, sir. Yeah, we've got some teams signed up, uh, but we still have plenty of room for everybody still. Um, so, well, yeah, if anybody's interested, I mean, we've still got plenty of space. Um, the parking lot at, at Hector County, we're going to be able to practice all the, uh, you know, requirements we have to for large events like this. But, um uh, you know, plenty of space to have plenty of people out there. And they got, okay, booth sponsors, VIP access sponsors, drink sponsors, weld-off contestants, and the cooking team. Okay. Do you got the VIP VIP access, which even the VIPs aren't allowed in? <laughs> so where that, <laughs> you know, I mean, really stems from is we're, um, we're really pushing to try to get a lot more operators involved. Um, okay. One thing with this organization that, that I forgot to mention and I shouldn't have, uh, or is, is essentially we like to work with a lot of the local political leaders out here, um, all the way from the Permian to Austin. Uh, we're heavily involved. Uh, we had a great speaker at our, our dinner last week, and one of the main things he was kind of reiterating to everybody is that right now it's imperative for oil and gas from it from every aspect of the industry, everybody to stick together and, you know, really show the strength in numbers. And uh, so we're really pushing to get operators involved with some of the bigger names. Uh, obviously, it's great for networking for everybody, but uh, really it's it's kind of helping us align ourselves with some of the, the powerhouses to help us have a little more um, sway in the political world. You know, we're very heavily involved and in trying to just, get the information out, the correct information about the oil field. A lot of people that aren't in the industry just assume it's uh, unsafe, it's terrible for the environment. I mean, the, you know, the list goes on and on. There's several organizations against the oil field, and I think it's a lack of education on the oil field, particularly that we are one of the safest industries that there is because we're so highly scrutinized by so many people. We have to be. And that's something we're really looking to align and make a big push in 2021 is uh, educating the public more that we are good. We're here to stay. We're not going anywhere. Uh, the oil field's strong, and um, and we're doing it safely and correctly. And we are one of the safer industries there are now. It's just a, a fact when you look at everything we have to go through. It's interesting. The speaker, the state representative brought up uh, safety in numbers. That was our our media kit this year, that's the, every year we put a, you know, a new phrase on there and we do it, you know, in, in September, the pre previous year. So bef the year before COVID, actually, our media kit read, ready for anything on the cover. And that had to do with Greta Thunberg and the climate activists really more than COVID. Uh, but there was, you know, there was layoffs happening, Chesapeake and Whiting, they were laying off people before COVID and and some of the other major operators were too. So we kind of saw some of that handwriting. This year, actually, our media kit reads strength in numbers. We, we, we saw that as the big focus for this year, that if people are going to survive through 2021, they're going to have to have some strength in numbers. And it might come in untraditional ways. you know. And so one of the reasons we thank you for coming on here, because 
we have a daily program and we need strength in numbers because it's a collective voice. You know, some of the conversations that we just had today, it's important for people to hear this stuff daily. It's important for people to be a part of the conversation daily, not just sporadically and kind of throughout the area, if that makes sense. So uh, I appreciate you coming on. Um, Give yourself another plug here as we, as we conclude, because your association, I know you guys are doing some good work down there. So uh, you're the membership director. How can people get in touch with you and uh, join your organization and learn more and become aware? So, um, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you can reach out to me through uh, LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn. You can always find my contact information there. Uh, my email is Derek at epicsitesolutions.com. And then um, I've got my cell phone listed on my profile as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, call, text, email, LinkedIn message. Uh, if you find me on Facebook, you can, I mean, however it is that, that works for you, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm highly accessible. I guess I'll put it that way. So it's not hard to get a hold of me if you're interested in learning more. And we'd love to have more members. We're really pushing to grow the organization this year. And, uh, yeah, I, I could go on and on about it, but I appreciate you taking the time to uh, – have me on the show. Um, it was very raw. You know, none of this was scripted. All the questions were coming at me hot, and uh, I love what you do with it, man. I think you get the best out of a lot of people that way. So, uh, it was a pleasure being on here with you. 